What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Si te gusta este podcast, entra en iVox.com y recomiéndalo. Así le ayudarás a que gane visibilidad en la mayor biblioteca de audio a la carta en castellano, donde además encontrarás centenares de programas de radio, monólogos, audiolibros, conferencias y otros muchos audios de diferentes temáticas. Ah, y recuerda que iVox es con V. Episode 51, September the 28th, 2012, The Tiger and the Cub One. You are listening to This is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atlético de Madrid. In today's episode... Falcao continues leaving tiger marks wherever he plays. Diego Costa is seeking to become a tiger cub. Two more wins and the best Atleti in 15 years have our hopes flying high. But until when... Asenjo got his first Liga minutes, but was he up to the challenge? Willis Espanol is the next stone in our path. Will we remain strong at the Cornelia El Prat? Atleti B defeat Real Madrid C, but do not convince. Will it be enough to save Alfredo? The Red and White Facts of the Week. Radamel Falcao Garcia, the second most effective striker in Rojo Blanco history, only surpassed by 50s legendary Pruden, who was able of scoring 33 goals in just 22 matches. Radamel has scored 31 in 39 games, averaging 0.8 goals per match, an incredible figure. Away penalty number 100 for Adelico was also scored by Falcao on Wednesday against Real Betis. Hello everyone and welcome back to This is Atleti, your space 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez once again hosting the show and tonight we have as co-host Martin Rose now from Florida. How are you Martin? I'm doing good, doing good. Great to doing have you. Good about two and points away from Barcelona. Exactly, ados, like, like they say here in Spain. And yeah. we also have Derek Mayen uh, booming in from Holland. How are you Derek? I'm great, man. Have we now officially promoted Martin to co-host? A well-deserved promotion, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, well, guys, with without further ado, like uh, like Gary likes to say, um, we're missing Gary again. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to stop saying that. Gary, come back soon. Uh, we miss you. But, well, in the meantime, uh, guys... Uh, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, Falcao uh, continues scoring, even if he gets injured at halftime or halfway through the match. Um, there's no way of stopping the tiger, and now we have like a second tiger cub, Diego Costa. Martin, um, were you seeing the the rise of Diego Costa coming? Um, I was obviously I was extremely hopeful that it would come, but. Uh... I didn't think it would be like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't think his contribution would be the same way as at Rayo. And it, it really has been. I, I have so, um, to say it's, that it's very pleasing. reading your Red and White Aftermath that I is so recommendable. Um, 
I, I, I love the way you refer to Diego Costa. Let me see if, if, if I can, uh, if I can find, uh, um, the part where you talk about Diego Costa. It is so All funny. Right. No. You can highly recommend these articles. I know Martin puts so many hours in them after, after every La Liga game. And, mm-hmm. and how, how long does it take for you to write an article like that, Martin? Honestly, it takes about four hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Here, I have it right here, so I can say it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I basically said uh, Brazilian forward Diego Costa has been winning his coach and fans over lately with his own particular goofy, though effective, brand of football. That's a line. That's a line. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it, it is like that. I mean, he's just a, a rugged guy. He doesn't have a very particular style or it must actually be his lack of style um he doesn't have that much flair but somehow he's just uh, a guy that you love to watch because he puts in so much effort he works so hard and fortunately for us for atletico lately the the pieces have just been falling together for him and he's been um at the right spot at the right time especially when he came on um against Real Betis this wednesday and um it's great for him to see because he's had to be very patient in his atletico career but um uh, right now it seems that he can't do anything wrong and well, on the negative side is that, you know, he's pretty much eclipsing Adrián for now. You know what I mean? Adrián's been on the bench a lot of the time. so. And, and the other negative that. side is that I can't see Diego Costa um, maintaining this level the, throughout the season. I don't know if you guys get the feeling that Diego Costa at the end of the day isn't 100% reliable on the long well, run. I don't think that we should count on him as a goal scorer. I mean, what, coming into the season, I was hoping that he could contribute with maybe four or five goals. And um, I don't think we should be expecting that much more unless he really oh, does nail down the starting spot. But I he, think that he's already there because um, he's already starting to score. He's provoking penalties. He's he's getting on on quite a few defenses' nerves. Um, he's well, doing his that, job. That's the, that's the thing. I think that that is what he can do uh, consistently. I can. I, I mean, I, he can hustle. He can uh, annoy defenders, and that is actually what you can expect from him the entire season long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that he's a typical goal scorer, but does not usually his role either. And as I said, right now, things are going uh, very well for him. Um, but even if he, he stops scoring, um, I think that he can still be a very useful player simply for his... Uh, for his aggressiveness and his his, uh, his muscle. And about what um, what Martin was saying about eclipsing or, or possibly eclipsing Adrian, I think that we should be grateful that we have someone to to take over uh, now that Adrian is in, in the middle of a slump and and we could see it coming. He he, he just came back from well he he, he went through he, he didn't play well at all at the Olympic games and 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 when he came back. Um, uh, uh, he just uh, he just isn't in shape at the um, at, at the beginning of of the season. So it's obvious that uh, he was he was going to to lose a spot, whether it was Diego Costa taking it or not. Uh, we should be happy that we have someone effective there. Do you guys think that Martin? Do you think it is um, down to Adrian's fitness after a long summer? Or could it be something else in play? Or because to me, it, this season it looks as if he is simply not as concentrated, maybe not as sharp as he was before. What do you think is going on exactly with Adrian? Yeah, I can't see that. I mean, that it's totally a fitness thing. Um, it, it just looks like maybe a confidence issue. Uh, 
Uh, like I said, I don't see it as a. So, what are you slipping there, Derek? Something to do with this is contract renewal? Mm, I'm not sure. I, as, I think it is. It, it is a combination of his fitness because when you're not entirely a hundred percent, then in the second half of matches you'll not be as sharp. You won't be as effective in front of goal. Um, but I think that it actually is his first half performance as well, which is disappointing because. He simply isn't um, receiving the ball as much. He isn't moving in between the lines. And he's he's practically invisible in the games that he has played. And um, you could have even see in the last game that um, Simeone didn't even use Adrian, um, which m- must be a first because he was actually available. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not no, but I think I think Ricky does have a point, though. I think, it, he, you know, it could be a disgruntled thing that he, you know, he wants a, a better contract. You know, he had well, a great. I, I was just asking because I'm I'm not sure whether it's it's that in the first place. Um, I I have to admit that I, I've been thinking about this in in the past days, and there's something that Gary always says, and I th- I think we we talked about this last season, referring to Koke. Um, the second season is always the hardest one for for professional players, and and it's like after the, the overexcitement of 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 reaching. A top flight team, um, when that when that excitement wears off, it's hard to uh, keep up with the level. And and there's normally a, a slumpy second season or a slumpy be, uh, beginning to the second season. And and I think we saw that with Koke last season. At the beginning of the season, he 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 wasn't able uh, of finding his his space where where he could. Um, display the type of football that, that he has and that we're seeing this season. We can talk about Koke afterwards because he's been sensational and I think he's been one of the best players in, in the team. But, for example, last season he had a, a really big shot at, at um, finding his way into the starting 11 when, when Diego got injured. And uh, after a couple of matches, he just wasn't up to 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 the... Um, to the importance of of uh, what he had to do on on the pitch. I think that you do make a very good point with the second season slump. Um, getting back to one other point that you mentioned, it is contract. Um, there are of, of course different ways that a player can react to a situation like that, but I do believe that um, a contract and a player negotiating a contract is something between him and the directors of the club, and not so much between him and the coach or his or his teammates. And I believe that usually, when a contract is up at the end of the season, a player will actually play harder. And you can always tell in the in the NBA, for example where um, players are um, playing towards uh, a free agency at the end of the, the the year, they'll actually improve their stats. They will work harder just because they know that they can earn a big contract. And mm-hmm. I do believe that if if it were anything with his contract, then Adrian would actually be playing better than he is right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we, we th- there is something um, uh, segueing a bit uh, between what I just said about the second season, the, which is another one of... Of um, Gary Gary's trademarked uh, catchphrases is um, we always have to wait until the tenth match of the season to to evaluate Atletico. We're, so far, we're we're uh, five games into the season and things are looking really good. Um, I I don't remember the last time I was so excited about Atletico at this time of the season. I don't think I've ever seen. Um, Atletico play like they're playing right now. I mean, with the amount of authority they're playing on the pitch, I I, I think that maybe in 
at the at the end of the eighties or or something like that, and I'm going way back in time. Um, normally, th- this um, ends uh, all of a sudden when we have to either visit uh, Barcelona or visit um, Santiago Bernabeu. I mean, this is Bar- Barcelona referring to Camp Nou or visit uh, Bernabeu. Uh, what's what are your impressions? I know that you guys haven't seen um, uh, the Atlético de Madrid from the 80s or from the 90s play, but from what you recall from other seasons, uh, what can you see different from this Atleti uh, versus others you've you've seen play? Um, I can say that, yeah, I can say that uh, the last two seasons we started off really, really strong. Not quite as strong as this time, but I remember being really, really excited. Uh, after winning the Super Cup, with Manzano, do you remember the four, four uh, the four first matches? They, they were incredible. Yeah, it was like we tied against Osasuna zero zero, but we didn't have Falcao that game. And then uh, we went on to beat Celtic, and then we beat uh, Racing four nothing, and then four nothing against Sporting. And yeah, it was a great great start last year. And then we played against Barcelona. There was a lot of excitement. People were saying that we could really challenge them, and then. We got like absolutely destroyed mm-hmm. at the Camp No five nothing, and then after that we just slumped to six games. Mm-hmm. So the biggest challenge I see right now on the schedule coming up is uh, I think like November before we really face a tough opponent in Valencia. When we go there, before then we can. There's really, a very really good. There's a very good chance of racking up all those points that we always. Um, if we keep playing, yeah. If we keep playing the way we have been. Mm-hmm. I can see us. Uh, I mean, on paper, the game against Espanol this weekend, you know, looks fairly doable. And then you got Malaga at home. And that's two away games in a row. Yeah, yeah. And if we do that, we accomplish that. Imagine the confidence. Also, I was thinking about the motivation of the players. Once you're up there, you know, every game, you know, you're competing with uh, Barcelona. The way that Barcelona and Real Madrid drive each other when they're, you know, two points apart you know, one point apart, they know that in order to keep the pace, they really, really have to play every game, as the cliche says, like a final, mm-hmm. but, you know, so I'm I'm optimistic about that, I'm optimistic about uh, the chance of winning, keep, you know, continuing the streak, and, and just being motivated to stay up top. Going back to your, to your red and white aftermath, um, we were giving some uh we were giving uh a red and white uh fact of the week and there are so many we can give these days like um in your article you you point out a few 16 games unbeaten in all competitions six straight wins four in la liga second place in primera división 15 goals scored in league play most in spain league leading seven goals for falcao six points lead over real madrid it counts as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it counts and something that we have to point out. Yeah, I have to <laughs> match day that. after match day. That one <laughs> and uh, well, um, it, it all adds up to uh, we're better than ever. Uh, Derek. Well, actually, this is the best um, Atletico team that I can um, remember in my short history with Atletico and uh, let's hope it, that um, long may it continue. But I do think that um, these fantastic results and the high scoring um, 
are hiding some cracks because um, cracks on the surface because there are some things that I'm worried about. For example, we have conceded a lot of goals these last games and um, it's simply because we've been outscoring our opponents that we've got away with it and that we've racked up the wins. But I am um, starting to get a little bit worried about the way we've given up some of the goals. I mean, against Betis, you could argue that we've been unlucky, but... Or that, uh, or that Asenjo was a goalkeeper. We'll get well, there, we'll get there. That's hard, that's hard. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll discuss Asenjo later, but let's not forget that in the last um, three league games, we conceded, well, what is it, six goals, I think? If I'm, Yeah, I'm counting it right, six goals. Um, that's a whole lot, and I do think that it shows perhaps a change of mentality from Simeone, who used to be a very conservative coach in away games. Um, and this year, it seems we've completely switched around where we want to dominate games both home and away from the Calderon. Um It's been exciting to watch so far, but there are still some things to work on before we can get really excited about Atletico. So let's um, remember to still take it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. On that point, though, Derek, on, on the point of the last couple of goals that we've allowed... I kind of look at it more in a positive way in the sense that the the goal against Valladolid, for example, was a fluky goal that, you know, out of 10 shots like that, from now on, Courtois is not going to allow that ball to just slip through him. You know what I mean? So that easily, that game, I think could have been 3 nothing had that slip up not occurred. You know what I mean? I think we could have had this shutout. I agree, but I think that goals like that and also the three goals that we conceded against Rayo are uh, a symptom of, what would you, what do you call it, um, uh, maybe complacency where we but, think but that... But on the other hand, those are the matches that we would have uh, drawn other years or we would have lost. I mean, right. I couldn't see any other um, Atletico besides this season's Atletico uh, winning the match at Sevilla the other night. I mean, um, that way of coming back twice and the better you played, the easier it was for Betis to just shoot once and and get it on target and get it um, kissing the net. It was just so frustrating. But um, the players just kept um, they, they just kept pushing and 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 they 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 had full faith that they could they could uh, overcome. Uh, whatever. And we also got the break of the penalty right away, so that was a big, that was a huge factor there too. I'd like to have seen the way we would have fought had that not occurred. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's one more on the red cards. Other big <laughs> There's the one refereeing. more difference between last season's Atletico um, and the Atletico of the past seasons and this year's Atletico, and that is the fact that we did not concede the penalty in the 78th minute um, when <laughs> we were so incredibly lucky to get away with Felipe's handball. Um, Second I mean, penalty that, where, where we we don't get um, uh, called against uh, in two matches, both by Felipe. Um, yeah, but did you guys you guys really thought that Felipe hit it first? Because I mean, I stayed up that night. I I had a HD recording of it, and I was like watching it over and over in slow motion, and it did look to me like Campbell had hit it first, but with his well, hand, I, and then. But I still, I think we were still lucky that it wasn't called because it did really like blatantly hit Philippe's hand, you know. Let, let's not forget, and I think that is what um, Rico's getting at, that a couple of days before, and we haven't discussed the Real Valladolid game yet, but 
Um, in that game at um, 2-1, I believe it was Juan Fran, who also made a, an unfortunate handball, but still it could have been given. And I think that we got um, away uh, a bit fortunately in uh, two games in a row. And, well, that's what I'm saying. This year we've had a bit of luck. And for, um, we also easily could have drawn both games. Mm-hmm. And the other factor that we have to uh, put in... Um the the referee bitching and um, no such thing this season uh, we have no reasons to complain on the contrary we're I'm not we're, 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 we're ending matches with with really upset coaches on the other bench and and it's starting to worry me because it, this is so unusual um uh, well we we saw Pepe Mel the other day saying that if he bit his tongue any harder, all the poison that he wanted to <laughs> release would would just poison him to death. Or um uh Dukic saying that that he just couldn't believe what, what he saw um when because it was it was uh, Real Valladolid's uh, player trying to control a ball with his head and Felipe just smashing his head from the back. It was it was like incredible. It was an incredible uh uh, foul inside the box and and the referee just uh, wouldn't wouldn't grant it and and he even um, sent uh, sent Dukic away with with a red card so quite quite unexpected to have uh, referees on on our side as well because if I've never seen an Atletico like this before or I haven't seen an Atletico like this in an enormous amount of time I've never seen this refereeing before. Um, maybe that is that is a perfect example that we are actually um, returning to the status of a big club, Ricky, because you know as well as I do that uh, the big clubs in Spain do tend to get a little bit favored with the referees. So yes. maybe it's a good they, thing. They always get that extra push that takes you. I think that Chelsea, push. the Super Cup, you know, probably had a lot to do with that then. Yes. A dominant performance. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. They, uh, whenever they have a close call, I'll just look at the stripes first. And <laughs> where, where well, they would just ignore the strikes. <laughs> there's one more thing, guys, and we mentioned in the um, Atletico stat of the of the of the day um, in the introduction that uh, Falcao scored the the 100th um, penalty in an away game uh, for Atletico. Um, let's not forget that we've actually Falcao has scored in four consecutive Liga games from the spot now, mm-hmm. which is a, well, it must be some kind of record, I think. Um, if I'm correct, he scored against Atletico Club, then against Rayo. Then against Valladolid and against Real Betis, and mm-hmm. well, we have been. Um, I mean, most of those were correct calls, and maybe all four of them. Um, but yeah, we have been getting our way with the referee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I I don't remember where I've I've read it, but I think there's also um, Falcao is such a stat breaker that uh, you get a new uh, Falcao stat practically every day. There's like a daily Falcao alert about. What record he broke, <laughs> and then well, someone just realized. Um, I think I read something about the penalties, but I, I can't recall exactly. Um, I, I was having this discussion with um, a colleague of mine the other day, and um, it's probably something to discuss on uh, this lady another time. But to summarize it quickly, I do believe that Falcao would be considered one of the game's very big players if it weren't for Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo setting the bar so high, because. If we actually look at Falcao and realize what he is doing, then it's simply amazing. But still, you get the feeling that he doesn't get all the praise and the recognition that he does deserve. Because the, the easy way of getting that recognition is performing when when we face Real Madrid and Barcelona. 
Absolutely. If if that is the match yeah. where Falcao really shines, two two conclu- we can draw two easy conclusions. One, we can kiss Falcao goodbye, and two, um, <laughs> he will get worldwide recognition for sure. Um, well, he scored against both of them last season. Yeah, but that? I think this is this is it a also has strong, to do with the results. Stronger too. Atletico, yeah, and if the outcome is is positive for Atletico. Let's yeah. not say if, if we win Real Madrid, because there is such a thing with winning Real Madrid season after season. That it's like just that fact alone is, is like is like um, uh, having a title. Um, it's it's turned into something so obsessive for Atletico fans that um, I know um, quite a few fans that would rather win Real Madrid no matter what happened the rest of the season than the, and, and just uh, get that get the uh, damnation <laughs> away from yeah. our record, then, then um, I don't know, even fight for the league or, or win another Europa League. I, I can, How do you feel? How do you feel about it? Are you one of those? I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those that has to wake up and, and go to work with, with all the Real Madrid, and I should add some sleeping there. <laughs> uh. Um, sons of a gun. <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs> okay, well, um, Asenjo, he got his first Liga minutes, and I must say that I am not an Asenjo fan. I was really excited when Asenjo came aboard in 2009. After watching him for three or four matches in a row at Vicente Calderon, I said, my God, this guy is worse than Leo Franco. What have we done? Because we had set six million euros for this uh, goalkeeper, which I do think um, is he's a decent goalkeeper, but after seeing the Gea play and after seeing Courtois grow as a goalkeeper and at Vicente Calderon, I think that um, Atletico fans got used to that style of 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 goalkeeping, and I really can't see uh, Asenjo being successful in at Atletico Madrid. First of all, because I think he's too short, and I know that this sounds ridiculous, but um, the second goal. I think there were some there. There was a lack of inches there to he would reach have hit out. Courtois' and, chest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would have stopped it without even jumping. <laughs> and, I know, I saw that too. And he, he's six foot two, Ricky. He's one meters ninety centimeters. That's not so so short. Well, how tall is Courtois? I can say that he's like six I, five. Yeah, I, I took I took uh, my kid Rodrigo this uh, this summer to to um, get get a, uh, a football autograph by Courtois. He wanted Courtois and Falcao's autograph. We got both of the autographs. And uh, um, Rodrigo got to get a picture with Courtois. My God, Courtois almost had to lie down on the ground <laughs> inside the frame because it was like, um, can you like... Um, I don't know. <laughs> Bend down a little, <laughs> and he he still didn't fit. In, he he still wouldn't fit in the frame. And he's so tall. He's like uh, two meters uh, ten or something like that. He's really really tall. After that howler last week, I bet you didn't want Courtois picking up uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. You might have dropped him. Yeah, you might have dropped him. <laughs> he would have bounced to one side. <laughs> no, but I, I can see Asenjo still have a, a good career. Um, for example, I can see him turning out to be someone like Andres Palop, who's had to wait um, at Valencia for a long time before actually becoming a very good goalkeeper with Sevilla. Um, and I do still believe that Asenjo has a lot of potential. I've always believed that, but 
it seems that he has a mental block. He's just not getting there. And um, obviously, he would need a lot more chances than just a single game uh, against Betis to really prove his worth. Um, there is a fan lack of confidence. And, and that's always going to linger in the air. And I can't see it going away. I just can't see it. The same way as um, I, I witnessed um, fans going from total hatred towards Perea. Really sorry you had to hear this, Martin. Um, <laughs> to devoted love um, in a matter of a season and a half. Because the guy is such a nice guy. And he works so hard. And he really won Fan by fan, he won them all back, um, and I can see—I can even see that happening for Raúl García to a certain extent, not to the same extent, but to a certain extent of being. I think accepted. it's already happening. It's already, it's already happening, happening because yeah. uh, Simeone has a lot of influence over fans, and he can really turn um, fan opinion um, over from um, overnight. And um, I think he's—he's he's being very positive in that sense uh, for. For Raúl García's confidence and and Raúl García's performances are being incredible. Uh, I can't see that happening with Asenjo because he just doesn't seem to be there, um, confidence-wise. I don't know if you guys get the same feeling, or I'm just prejudiced. No, no, not at all. Because I, I mean, I see him all the time, and you can just like his demeanor, everything. He doesn't exude confidence at all. He always looks like a little flustered. You know what I mean? So there was uh, an incredible goalkeeper that Atletico had, like um, 2002, I think. Sergio Aragonés. I don't know if you you guys even got to see him play. He was he was um, on the paper when when he started playing. He was so incredible, so agile. Um, He he didn't make it. He didn't make it uh, for the same reason. He um, he had a couple of flops at Vicente Calderón. He started to hear a few people booing. He would just get worse. More people booed. He would just get worse. More people booed. The whole stadium would boo. And uh, he just uh, became uh, a total disaster. They had to give him away, practically. And there are a few other examples. Uh, Pichu Cuellar, the famous goalkeeper we had, um, who's an excellent goalkeeper, by the way. He, I think he played for Sporting de Gijón last season. He's been yeah. for Sporting de Gijón for a few seasons. He was he was um, one of the biggest hopes that Atletico fans had. Everyone was talking about Cuellar for around six or seven years while he was um, slowly developing um, uh, through the ranks of Atletico youth system. And when he got there, second match he played, um, the the horrible match that made Fernando Torres leave the leave the team. The um, Atletico Madrid zero, Barcelona six, and it oh. was. He was guilty for <laughs> guilty <laughs> for at least he was found guilty for at least um, three of the goals. Uh, I mean, but any any professional team would have won uh, that day. Um, any Barcelona, any version of Barcelona would have won there that night, but not <laughs> six to zero. And and that that was that was the end of of Cuellar as as Atlético Madrid goalkeeper. And uh, we've seen the story. Over and over again, Atletico Madrid is a very difficult place to be a goalkeeper. It's a very hot spot, and De Gea managed to um, come come in the right moment. He he started playing. I think it was the the day that Asenjo got injured the first time in his knee, and he stopped a penalty in his first match, and it was like that he committed, right? 
Yeah, fans went totally crazy for him. So it was like um, love at first sight, and the hell was one of the, the other cases where uh, people were just talking about him uh, for years, and they were talking about these two goalkeepers that were so cool in the youth system, De Gea and Joel, and everyone was saying, yeah. we're going to get Joel, and we're going to get this incredible backup called De Gea, who's a, such a good goalkeeper, and he's so similar to Joel, we're going to have an, a, a perfect backup. And yeah, I remember that. I remember that, that Joel was the one that, that was, was talked up. That was a plan, and yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden we have Joel um, absolutely depressed, um, trying to find a, a loan somewhere, and he's not even um, uh, lucky enough to get a loan. And um, I think the, the the match against Betis is the first time he's even traveled with the team. Yeah. Um, let, let's not forget that Atletico also um, brought up Roberto, of course. Um, and there's the next big thing, which is David Gill, and I'm sure that Billy can tell us more about him sometime mm-hmm. on the podcast, because David Gill apparently is a very big fan as well. Martin, there, there's one thing I wanted to ask you. Um, this summer, there, I, I don't believe that there have been a lot of rumors about uh, Asenjo leaving the club. Um, do you think that it might have been a lack of ambition from the goalkeeper to not want to be a first goalkeeper uh, on any other club? I think that's kind of evidence of his mental problems. You know what I mean? His mental issues, his confidence issues. It kind of shows, you know what I mean? Mental he wasn't issues. ready. Sorry. <laughs> his, <laughs> his confidence issues. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I do have the same feeling that Martin, but uh, that he's, um, he's very comfortable here or, or it's, it's more comfortable to, uh, be second goalkeeper here and just wait for the chance than, um, look for, a risky chance elsewhere, and um, so Rick, so Ricky, for for the long term future, should Atletico be gambling on uh, Joel or on Asenjo? I would, I would mm, loan Joel for free to whichever team played him as a starter, no matter what, for um, Primera team. And Asenjo. And Asenjo, I'm I'm done waiting for him. I I would just uh, sell him. But I think that um, Atletico is trying to protect their investment right now, and they're just trying to see if they can uh, get a, a higher value for Asenjo. They they Atletico paid six million euros for Asenjo, and and they were really lucky to sign him first because the minute they signed a pre-contract. Which is an undercover contract. It's it's actually an, an illegal maneuver, but which is rather frequent in Spanish football. It's um, you pay you pay you secretly pay the player um, an amount of money before his contract uh, expires with his current uh, team, so he doesn't sign with another team, and that's that's not allowed to do um, uh, unless it's uh, within the the six final months of of the contract and Atletico had Asenjo signed a season in, in advance and, and they knew that they would only have to pay by I believe under 7 million euros and at the end of the day they, they reached the 6 million euro ag- agreement but Fiorentina was willing to pay at the beginning of, of the league 10 million euros and and when they went to Asenjo he said I would love to go to Fiorentina, to, uh, to Florence but I can't yeah and well- I don't think that with Spain's current market that there's any chance that we will um, recoup what, some of that five or six million. I think the only chance that we're getting anywhere near that amount is if we sell into some 
English club and if his agent can somehow show videos of when he was still at Valladolid? Well, there, there's there's still a rather important amount of cash in the uh, Bundesliga and in the Premier League. So I think they're just hoping that that all of a sudden, or or maybe they're they're even asking uh, Simeone to please play the player in one of the competitions, and and Simeone has decided to play him in the group stage at least of the Europa League. I don't know if he's going to play after the group stage, but. Mm, I, I can see them trying to play Asenjo and maybe seek a December transfer market. Um, he should be getting, yeah, he should be getting at least eight games um, just the, these months with, with the six Europa League uh, fixtures and then two Copa del Rey games as well. Hmm. So that that could be good for his confidence because eight games in half a season isn't so bad for a When you're talking about Atletico, um, you're not just uh, talking about confidence. You're talking about that um, maybe they're trying to place him in the market. Well, you think there's a chance he can leave in December, Ricky? I think that it makes no isn't, sense to have three three goalkeepers. But isn't it? I mean, I thought Joel wasn't registered for Europa League or something like that. But it's always it's always cheaper to have Joel. I don't know what salary jo- Joel earns, but I'm sure that if if Simeone is is asked uh, has the same confidence in Joel, then he might have in Asenjo or maybe a bit more in Asenjo. Um, maybe it's not a bad move. If if you get um, Asenjo to play and you can maybe recover three four million euros to sell him and 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 keep Joel, that could be another move. Unexpected. Right, but could can Joel be registered after December in, yes, into yes. the Europe League? Okay, yeah, he can. There's there's another transfer window. Um, I mean another um, signing window for I don't know when it is January I think. Uh, All right. After the stop when when they stop for the February. Pause. There's just a condition that the player hasn't hasn't um, started with with another team in a European competition. No ma- matter whether it's uh, Europa League or Champions League. So okay. if you bring another player from a Champions League uh, playing team or or a Europa League playing team, that player couldn't play. That was a condition. That's why that's why Teo couldn't play the season. He didn't play for Atletico because he had played uh, a previous round with Juventus. Okay. Okay, moving on. Espanol. Well, do you, do you guys want to talk about Valladolid first, Derek? Anything you want to mention about Valladolid? A fantastic first half where we should have scored two, three more goals, and then the side, the tie would have been decided. And well, because of that fluke from Courtois, we almost gave away the game. I thought, and we lo- just looked so nervy the last twenty or thirty minutes, um, which is one of the things that I was slightly worried about, but. Um, uh, at least we got to win again. We were perhaps a bit fortunate with the the two penalty goals that didn't go Valladolid's way, as you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will take away from the game is that we played another strong first half, but we again um, weren't able to just um, completely decide the game. Yeah, I, I got the chance to ask a question to Simeone in the in the press conference, and um, it. it when I ask the question, normally Simeone doesn't like my questions. I don't know. I really don't know why. But he, he, uh, for for a change, he liked this one, and it was um was, and and we witnessed this again uh, versus Betis. Uh, I I really think that Falcao is very very important for Atletico Madrid defensively. Um, 
as as much even as as offensively because he's that very first line of of pressure that Atletico creates, and I think that that may be the one of the biggest differences between this Atletico and Atleticos that we've seen struggle, especially at away games, um, in other years. The moment that Falcao left the pitch, um, Valladolid started finding the way to to get closer to Courtois' um, area. The moment Falcao left uh, the match, uh, Betis uh, started to uh, grow into a dangerous side, even though they were they were um, playing with with a player less. So I, I do think that um, the the amount of pressure that that certain players that maybe have a a darker a darker task um, in that that first line of pressure, like uh, Falcao, and and maybe in the in the midfield, Gabi does that um, frequently. I think that that makes a difference, and that's something that I really like to point out about uh, the Valladolid match: the difference between having Falcao on the pitch and not having it. Uh, having I was going to bring up the same exact point. I know, he, I know. That's why. Why I wanted to do it before you did. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, you probably have some news about Falcao and his um, uh, his, fit, his fitness level. Yeah, well, today uh, we noticed that Courtois and Godin were back in training. Uh, I was unsure in, at the uh, this past weekend, or no, I'm sorry, against Betis on Wednesday, why Godin had been taken out at halftime. I didn't see any reports about injury. Or anything like that, but then finally today, I read about uh, that he had suffered, I believe, a calf strain. Mm-hmm. So I, at first, I thought maybe Simone was calling him out, and that's why he had put Gata at halftime. Uh, but uh, I was thinking, yeah, this weekend there's a chance that we might see Costa and Adrian mm-hmm. if Falcao can't make it, but. I'm confident. I'm pretty sure Falcao is going to want to be there. By the way, today is Silvio's birthday. Happy birthday. I hope that at least today he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is so glum lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's, what's the list for, for, for the Espanol match? Do you guys know? Is there a list yet? or? I haven't seen it be released yet. Uh, the list is usually out, out a day um, prior to the game, so we'll probably see it tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty sure that Falcao will throw it even just to to scare the opponent, <laughs> to make them uh, afraid that the, 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 there's a tiger in the loose somewhere in Barcelona. Um, but no one I'm, walking uh, close to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if um, Simeone will risk him, but I would bet my money on Falcao starting again, even if he didn't train today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if if he's fit to, to play, he's going to start because he's. He's so intimidating for for the the rival team that I I think it's 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 just like it's like having half a goal scored already when you start matches. Yeah, yeah. Right, and you know that you know that it's never gonna be like uh, Costa's never gonna have that. Uh, Adrian's never gonna have that. You know what I mean? That kind of threat where he can score a hat trick every single game. I don't see Costa or Adrian ever developing that. You know. And even if just, even if Focal hops around on just one leg, you know he's go, at least going to score the inevitable penalty that we get. It's it's it's, the, it's like this this aura that um, Falcao has. He acts like a star, and and we had grown um, 
we 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 had forgotten what that feeling was ever since um maybe I don't know if if Kunawer is a good example because he came here being so young but when you see Messi at Barcelona you see Cristiano Ronaldo you get like this superstar feeling around him and th- that's the same type of feeling you get with with Falcao it's like teams know that they're going to play Falcao side and it's well, it's great get to get yeah. boring as far as that, you know, superstardom and every ad now here in the United States uh, for La Liga, you see Falcao. You know what I mean? Before you would only see Messi and Ronaldo. The past couple of years, that's there you all. There go. We exist. Would show, but now, yeah, yeah, we exist, and they always show them. They always make it a point to show them, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So, about we, some, some, oh, sorry, Ricky, go oh, ahead. Sorry, sorry, you go ahead. I was going to <laughs> pass on to the next topic, so. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that about Sunday's game um, where we play Espanyol, I don't think that there, there could be a bigger contrast between two teams right now because, um, as we mentioned before, Atletico is on an incredible winning streak. Um, while Espanyol are still looking for their first uh, win this season, if I'm correct. Yes, they, um, they have one point, I think. I, I think that if we could hit them early, um, then we'll completely shut down their confidence Um and we could probably um, sit out a, a comfortable match every two uh, full matches, one loss and one draw. Um, they conceded five goals and scored yeah. four at home. So not 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 looking very well for Espanol. I'm I'm not a great Espanol fan, so I'm not especially depressed about that. <laughs> In fact, um, there's always been a big rivalry be, between Atletico and and Espanol and. Uh, um, they're not one of my favorites, not one of my La Liga favorites. There's uh, one player on their team that I like uh, personally. In the, the They're signing Samuel Longo, an Italian striker. He's 20 no, years I, old. Relating their he, team, I, I, uh, starting with Pochettino, which I think is, I think he's doing an excellent job. Uh, yeah. He he's, he's, um, he should have struggled to survive in, in La Liga and he did very, very well last season. And, um, I think that Pogadina is an excellent coach, and 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 maybe the the team is is performing up to what their real potential is right now. Well, I was gonna say I like that player in particular because he he like when he got signed for Espanol, they asked him who he models his career after, who he wants to be, and he I basically said he idolizes. What's the answer, Derek? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm betting it's Radamel Falcao, isn't it? Nope. <laughs> oh, Torres then. Yeah, it's Torres, Torres. Really? Nino Torres, yeah. So immediately I kind of, yeah, like which, that. Which guy. player did you say? Samuel Longo. Samuel Longo. That's a nice player to bring aboard. <laughs> we'll have to be on the lookout yep. for him. <laughs> He's there on they have, they have lost yeah. so many players these last years, and I believe that we're especially Osvaldo, Luis Garcia, and uh, Juan Ferdou have always really hurt us, but they've all left the club. So as you said, Ricky, yeah, they're, well, they're building the down, it seems. Talking about depleting a, a roster, that's this is the, probably one of the mm, biggest examples in in of what mm, Spanish La Liga has turned into. Yeah, um, and they've only been a selling club, and I don't think that they've hardly signed anyone or besides, uh, for example, somewhere longer we just mentioned Martin, but he was probably a free transfer as well. Um, oh, so he's alone, in fact, him. isn't he? Yeah, he's on loan. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I do believe that on paper they are a very thin squad and they could be in uh, relegation trouble this season. Well, they 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 got Simao. Yep. I I I think that Simao was heading for a retirement home, 
And mm-hmm. <laughs> before heading there, he decided to play some matches for. Really, it's it's um. Is he Radisson. starting for them? He's only played one game in know. La Liga. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think he's um um he's right there anymore. Uh, he's like thirty two going on forty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thirty two going on forty. <laughs> How does that go? <laughs> Um, well, uh, that, that should, that, that should really set the, the tone of, of what we can expect because this is, uh, we got one of the prototypical matches where, where we flopped, um, and, um, normally in this season we didn't, uh, the Wednesday match where we had to, um, overcome being behind and, um, twice and, and, um, this, this match is one of those other typical matches that, that Atletico flops. It's like when everything is set to get, uh, collect an easy win, uh, we just uh, let the win escape or, or we just have one of these horrible matches. I think that this is where we're going to really test whether Simeone's mentalizing power is as strong as it seems. Um, are are you guys surprised with with um how big Simeone has become, how important he's become for Atletico Madrid? Absolutely, and it's all been about the results because he was also always a popular player, but I don't think that a single soul could have predicted Atletico to win the Europa League and then to play like this um in the current season. Um he's beaten every expectation, he's beaten every challenge that he has had and um, we're on the high right now, and mm-hmm. as we said earlier on in the, in the episode, let's just hope that this continues as long as possible because um, I can hardly see it getting any better, although there is a small chance, of course, that we'll actually be in first if uh, things go well on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Your hopes really are flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before we 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 um, get to the results and and agenda for the next week, uh, one last topic uh, talking about the U system. Atletico B defeated uh, Real Madrid C. We talked about that in the last episode. We were lucky to defeat Real Madrid C. It was a very strange match. Um, like we, I don't know if you you guys had the chance to watch the match. I watched the second uh, half. Yeah. Well, the first it was half like at four a.m. for me, so now I missed it. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's always going to be a four a.m. for you because yep. that's a that's a scheduled um, kickoff start time in, in that division. Uh, Atletico B scored uh, the first uh, goal. It was uh, Saul, and and Atletico played a very decent first half, um, and and then they came back from from. Halftime and um, a player got sent off uh, for a second yellow card, second yes, booking. Obvious. Yeah, um, and um, Alfredo got sent off for complain for complaining to the referee, and Real Madrid uh, t- uh, tied the match. And when we thought that Real Madrid was going to turn the game the, the match around, um, and they were just pounding on on. Atletico Madrid's um, area. Um, we Saul managed to uh, score probably the only corner kick that we we shot from in the second half. So it yeah. was a it was a very uh, it was a quite a surprising win. And well, the thing is that 
there are doubts in the air about um, uh, about Atletico Madrid B, who besides that that um, promising first half has has played um, not very well during the whole season, and especially whether Alfredo deserves to be in in yeah. in, the, in the post. And um, I, I think that Billy's written about this a lot during the the off season um, for Madrid Atleticos is a very very interesting piece. Um, of uh, about that in Madrid Atleticos, I I wrote a piece in, in Spanish for Forza Leti this this week, and and it's based um, most of the um, part of the information and most of the information of players that moved and um, and and about uh, Pantic from from Billy's piece and um, Atletico Madrid B. Well, we talked to Danny about this um, a few weeks back. Um, it seems that the the club doesn't want to have a team in second division because they would have to raise the the salary bar a lot and and uh they they they'd rather have a team in second b and that that uh, got them into um a bad relationship with Pantic and and he was just um sent away and Alfredo who was um coaching Atletico Madrid C with not very good results was promoted to Atletico Madrid B, and he's not doing well at all. He's pr- practically um, copying the, the 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 bad record he had for Atletico Madrid C. So the, the doubt is in the air. Uh, have you guys read about the um, everything people are saying about Atletico Madrid B and and the problems that they're having with with players? I I saw you tweet a couple of things, Eric, and about Endoye. I think uh, you were you were having a Twitter discussion with with uh, Billy about Endoye's yeah. performance, right? Yeah, yeah. You summarized the points very well, Ricky. And well, the Endoye discussion was just um, a small detail because I don't think that he's a very good player. But about the Real Madrid game, what? Uh, let's not forget that um, Real at one-one they hit the post and they really should have won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, and this is a point that Billy made on Twitter, and um, I couldn't agree more. He said that at the time where Atletico B um, were down a man and they needed their coach the most, um, that was actually when um, Alfredo got himself sent off and sent away. Um, and the, the team was completely lost. They were overrun. And it was actually the 17-year-old Saul uh, who took the reins and who, who got us a win, but it was so fortunate. And um, I thought that in moments like these, it's um, so, so unprofessional of a coach to get himself sent off especially when you're uh, managing 17 and 18 year olds and you got you guys go down a man in a in a, a Madrid derby um it's it's simply a time when you cannot afford uh to have yourself removed mm-hmm. from the game and he completely left the game uh, sorry he left the team without a leader with still 30 minutes left and it was just another example of very poor management from Alfredo who is indeed mm-hmm. uh, very quickly losing all of the credit that he has um, with the fans, and I'm sure the the, the result. Well, he did, he didn't have too much credit anyway, so he's probably depleted all the credit um, it, he has. And then there's the Oliver issue that that Martin is typing <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> at the same time that I was going to bring up. Um, there's a there's a really big issue um, that's in the air. It still hasn't like um, turned into a problem, but. It's something that will presumably turn into a problem if it continues to remain the way it is right now. Um, at the beginning of the season, 
and there is a very, very strange underground story that no one actually knows for sure. But um, most people have the feeling that Pantic isn't on the team because he got on um, very badly with, with Simeone. And that Simeone saw that he could be like a threat to his post on the long run and didn't want Pantic on on the B team. And that actually he wanted the the post in the B team for Oscar Mena, who is who coaches the the juvenil. Well, he coached the juvenil, and now he coaches the the C team. Um, and he's been very successful at coaching the C team. So, and and the juvenil. So it might have been uh, fair to promote uh, Oscar Mena at that moment. But when they decided not to uh, renew Pantic. Uh, who finished uh, fifth in the in the league? Um, they did promote Alfredo, and I don't remember right now, but I think that Alfredo finished 14th in the league. Let me let me check that. Um, the thing is that at the beginning of the season, there were rumors that Alfredo and Simeone had argued because Alfredo wanted Oliver to play for the B team and to train with the B team, and. Um, and Simeone wanted Oliver to train with the A team and play with the B team. So what's happening at the end is that after I think it was Levante where where both Kader and and um, Oliver played for a few minutes. That, that was a match where they played, right? Levante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played after, the first after that match, he was sent back to the B team so he could play for a few matches. He he didn't have such a good performance. Um, he he was just ignored by Alfredo, and he hasn't played. He's only played two matches, and he hasn't even been on the list for another two matches. So at the end of the day, there's a really big issue because he's only he's he's training with with the A team. Sometimes he's training with the B team, um, other times, but he's not playing with any of them. And he's supposed to be the next big star that this team has, and we're just um, closing him in 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 a closet for the weekends. So, and can you confirm that it has absolutely nothing to do with him him being spotted at the Bernabeu? <laughs> I think it doesn't have anything to do. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, right after that, that's when he's been banished. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, really? Coincidentally, that's when like yeah, he stopped being called by the B team or by Simeone. I'm not saying that that's why it is. I was just kidding, but coincidentally, that's that's what happened. That that was uh that was uh the moment in time when when he stopped being called. Um, yep. Al- uh, Alfredo's team last year, and tell me if you guys think this is a reason for promotion. He ended 13th. He barely um, managed to save the team from relegation, and um, he. Uh, Maybe uh, three to four matches before the end of the season, um, the team conceded 52 goals, scored 49, lost 14 matches, drew 12, and only won 12. 48 points. Um, that very, doesn't make sense. Yeah, very very poor results. And and when you have such a successful um, coach in the juvenil, which is um, supposed to be the next step down. Well, probably what you have to do is just remove the the coach that that isn't getting the the results um, in 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 the first place, or or just leave them there to to get a second shot at 
fixing the C team and and not promote him. But he's been promoted, and uh, with Atletico Madrid, you, these these um, issues never make sense. And and you always get the feeling that they're they're just they're, they're just calculating how much they can pay coaches and um, having a look at their salaries or something like that, or or depending on who's who their agent is or. Strange yeah, things have nothing too. to do with with sports or with with sports goals and and, and Oliver's another case. Um, this is a player that should be playing in, in every single starting eleven and getting used to uh, leading the team and 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 really getting getting the the big calls and and he's not getting the chance to to grow and to develop as a player. Well, Miguel Angel was uh, uh, named Manager of the Year several times, so I'm sure that we're making uh, logical decisions in the. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you say Miguel Angel again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we finish, let's uh, go through a quick round of results and what lies ahead for our different teams and sections. Um, Derek. Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, we've discussed Atletico B, of course. We want to uh, one against Real Madrid C. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was also um, Atletico Madrid C, um, who lost 3-0 to Parla, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there are the Atletico Feminas who beat the Valencia on the road, and they moved up to the fourth uh, spot in the table. So very well done to the Atletico female team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the handball section, and they won twice in just a week. Um, they beat Palma de Rio and also Helvetia Tasuna. I hope I got it uh, correct. Yeah. Perfect. Better than ever. <laughs> okay, and um, the, the next matches for Atletico Madrid um, are going to be next Thursday at Vicente Calderón versus Victoria Pilsen. And that's that's where the, the beer's from. And, and uh, la, the next La Liga match is next Sunday at uh, half past nine another one of those great schedules that uh, allow me to get home at around one o'clock in the morning thank you very much La Liga um, against Malaga it's it such a big such a big game it will be yeah it will be great well um, first we have Espanol of course so we're, we're, we're going ahead a lot um, and and uh, well, Aletibi. Did you did you mention Aletibi and Aletisi? Uh, not yet. They play um, always on Sunday, of course. Atletico B play against um, uh, Avila at home. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And Atletico C play against Alcorcón B. Away, yes. And the next handball game um, is uh, against the the THW Kiel. Um, that's that's the team that won. The Champions League versus Atletico Madrid um, last May. Um, they get uh, a chance for revenge. Um, that's Sunday at 6 o'clock. And uh, Atletico Madrid Feminas play against Real Sociedad on Sunday as well at 12 at noon at 12 p.m. And I think that's also at, at uh, Majada Onda. So at the same time, we'll have Atletico Madrid B and the Feminas team playing on, on different on different pitches of Cerro del Espino. And, uh, well, anything else you would like to add before we wrap up? Uh, hopefully Eric. next time we meet up again, we'll be at the top of the table. Well, that, <laughs> more than hopefully, um, you guys are dreaming. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> are you really counting on, on Sevilla uh, beating Barcelona or even or, or maybe snatching a draw? I Absolutely. Believe that, no, I, I believe that... Um, 
Sevilla is the only team that Messi has scored more goals against than against uh, Atletico. We all know he loves to score against us, so you can only imagine the the horrors he will do to the Sevilla team. <laughs> uh, but let's hope they can get a draw. Maybe then we can take uh, over uh, the first spot in the table. That would be great. Uh, Derek, again, thank you very much, and talk to you soon. Likewise. Talk to you guys later. Martin, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at This Is Atleti, Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Is Atleti, or by email on info at thisisatleti.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Atleti. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.